Welcome to the Green Zone Podcast, the show that teaches oil and gas executives how to take command of their finances and live in the green. Your host, Jeff Green, from Green Financial Group, will be your financial guide, all while giving you a tour of the most beloved and best-kept secret spots around Houston, Texas. Now, on to the show. Welcome to the Green Zone with Jeff Green and Lauren Smith of Green Financial Group. Planning for your future wealth, well, that takes time and knowledge. And that's what Jeff and Lauren have, the time and expertise to help you set up your future. I'm Patrice Sikora. I have to believe there's some pretty basic questions you folks always get asked time and time again. And let me think, hmm, I would bet one of the very first is, when can I retire? I think that is definitely the most asked question and definitely one of the first questions people start to ask also when they start thinking about you know, hiring a financial advisor or thinking about retirement, they always want to know when, when can I do it? And, you know, one thing we like to do as a very first step when we meet with clients is what we call a feasibility study. And it's really just looking at when you want to retire. And so for a lot of people, they don't have that date. You know, I want to retire December 31st of 2021. (laughs) You know, some people it's, you know, I'd like a year, maybe two years. What does it look like if I go now? What does it look like if I go five years? So we can look at some different scenarios. And then we also want to sit down with them and really outline their lifestyle in retirement. So what is their just normal living expenses? How much do they need? Do they want to travel? Do they want a new boat, a new car? Do they have a wedding to pay for? Any things like that so that we can get an idea of how much they need. So once we know the timeline or a general idea of the timeline and then a basic budget, we can help them forecast, okay, if you go now, here's in a year, here's what your retirement will look like. Maybe you need $5,000 a month, but because you're retiring a little bit earlier, you can only really afford to live with $4,000 a month. Is that enough? Are you okay with that? Or what if we wait two years, then you can live off of $6,000 a month instead. There's a lot of different numbers games and we can help talk through, you know, some things you might have to give up by retiring early or some bigger dreams and goals you might get to cross off by retiring a little bit later. So it's, you know, we're just here to be a sounding board and to help you figure out what, what works best for you, what gives you the ultimate retirement lifestyle that you're trying to achieve. Yeah. Cause I think the real question there is, can I afford to retire? Right. Yes. I mean, that's the real question. Can I afford to retire and live my life the way I want to live my life without running out of money or eating cat food or something like that? <laughs> that's so that's, that's the real question. And we do a lot of feasibility. Lauren is uh, really the master at this, uh, doing feasibility studies on just on quite simply answering that question: Can I afford to retire? And and we, and I, and I will tell you, we uh, we have sat across from people, and we have told them, no, I I don't think that you can get the job. I don't think you can get the job done the way you're wanting to do it uh, with what you have. Mm-hmm. And um, that's a tough conversation to have. But if you are not sitting across from an advisor who is 100% honest with you, they'll be happy to take your money. They'll be happy to charge your fee, take your money, and let you run out of money at some point, you know, at, at 80, 85 years old. You know, that's, you know, that's just not the right thing to do. And so, so when we answer, we will show you in numbers, in charts, graphs, 10 ways to Sunday about, how, about the feasibility study and answering that question of affordability. On average, when someone comes to you and says, I want to talk about retirement and and getting things straightened out here, how much time 
do they give you? I mean, are they looking at a year, like you said, Lauren, or are they looking at five years, or do some people come with 20 years? What's the average, though? The average is at least a few years before retirement, but we've had cases where people want to start a lot earlier and really get a solid plan leading up to retirement. And then we've had cases where people say, you know what? I was planning to retire in three years. I just can't do it anymore. I'm over this job. I don't want to work. Mm. What if I go next month? What does that look like? We had a guy the other day. He just retired. I mean, he retired. He, he retired. Hadn't quite yet filled out his paperwork yet and called us up and said, hey, uh, I think I should talk to a financial <laughs> advisor. I just retired and I don't really know my numbers. So. And so, I mean, some people, it's just, they're on that, that breaking point. You've been working for 30 plus years and you're just one bad day away from calling it quits. And so, I mean, we have those type of cases and, you know, we've had one where it was going to be three years and decided that now's the time. So they had to sacrifice a little bit, you know, they were planning to move, build the bigger house. And so they're, they've decided that it just was better to just retire now, stay where they were, and they can have a perfectly comfortable, great retirement, just maybe not get, you know, the house on the golf course with a higher monthly fee and whatnot. And it still works for them and they'll have a great retirement. They won't run out of money. So, how many? Yeah, you know, retirement, it's not about how much money you have. It's about the demand that you're going to put on the money that you do have. If you have, let's say you're retiring with $100,000 and you want to spend $50,000 a year. Well, you're not going to have a problem. problem. That's going <laughs> yeah, to create quite yeah. a problem, okay? But you but if you had if you had say I don't know, $500,000, what's where's my calculator? I'll just do some quick math. Let's mm-hmm. see. Let's see you only had $500,000 and you wanted to retire. You could probably get away with about in my opinion, you know, somewhere between a 4 to 6% cash flow. That's generally acceptable. Uh, at six percent, that's thirty thousand dollars a year. But that's may not 6%. sound like much to um, a lot of people. But if that's what your needs are, and that's all you need, then great. Then we've got people with you know multiple millions of dollars that you know need hundreds of thousands of dollars. So it's not a matter of how much you have; it's a matter of the demand that you're going to put on what you do have. But Jeff, you're just talking about a six percent return. No, I was talking, that's no, no. I was talking about a six percent cash flow. Oh, okay, okay. I was going to say six percent return. The, whoa, whoa. A textbook cash flow is about four percent of your assets. Of your assets. Now I can go down a rabbit hole here. And I don't want to, but there's a fine line between if you let, let's say your all of your assets are in an IRA. Okay. Mm-hmm. Well, you're going to have to take required minimum distributions when you turn seventy-two. There is a fine line between taking too much money out of an IRA and not taking enough out of an IRA. If you don't take enough out of an IRA, when you control it between the ages of 59 and a half and 72, then you're just saving it up for the tax man. And so your RMDs, your required minimum distributions can get larger and larger and may exceed the need that you have for cash flow and put you in another tax bracket because the government is now forcing you to take more money out of your IRA than you need through required minimum distributions. Does that make sense? Yes, it does, unfortunately. Okay. Uh, with that that excess, is there something you could do to mitigate taxes? Well, a part of it's a balancing act of making sure you're taking out enough early. You know, between 59 and a half and 72, you can start taking out as much as you want from the IRA. 
So, you know, you might need $10,000 a year to live on. Why don't we take out $12,000 a year so that you've got a little over 10 years to take more out of the IRA before you hit 72 and are required to take out more than you might Mm -hmm. need. So it's all a balancing act. And in each case, varies and depends on your situation, your account value, your life. I mean, there's a lot of different factors that go into it. And that's what we do when we do feasibility studies and planning. And, you know, someone might only need $30,000 a year, but it might be more beneficial for them to take out $40,000 a year. So we'll talk about the pros and the cons and, you know, a little bit of a higher tax consequence in the early years to possibly prevent you know, mm-hmm. greater taxes in the future. And of course, you know, you can then take that information, run it by your tax accountant and make sure that all the numbers line up and add up. And that's, you know, part of the planning that we do. And with feasibility studies, it's also helping you come up with that exact number that's the most optimal way to right. fund your retirement. You know, Roth conversions can come right. in there to play as well. Right. So you're talking well, about, it's a lot of planning involved. And you're talking about so many moving parts here. What happens when you throw in Social Security? That's a whole nother piece (laughs) of the puzzle. And that is definitely one of the, probably the number two question we get. And you know, Social Security is tricky because there's a lot of different ways you can look at it. If you look at Social Security as a standalone value, maybe it's better to just wait and take it at 70 because that's the highest value you can get. But when you factor it into your portfolio and your actual needs, it becomes a whole different story. There's taxes involved and there's, you know, if you're not taking social security, then, you know, you're taking that money out of your IRA that's generating higher taxes than the social security would. And there's life expectancy and break-even points. And there's a lot of different, you know, technical factors that go into social security. So that's why that's one of the big planning steps we do with all clients and really look at how much they need, what their social security is, and, you know, it's different for every person. Maybe some people it's best to take it at 62 and others it's best to take it at 70. There's no right answer for Social Security. So that's why it's really important to get a very in-depth analysis to see where it fits into your overall plan. Your, your mom came to you with a little Social Security question, didn't she? Yeah, she did. You know, I think she was trying to be on top of it. And, you know, they're still working and they're past their full retirement age. So they waited until um, they were 66 to start taking social security, turned 66 last year. So she called me, I guess about three or four months after they started social security. And I didn't even know they did it. And she was like, oh, hey, you know, we started taking social security this week, this year, we're getting X amount of months, kind of nice. And I, you know, I stopped her and I was like, mom, why did you do that? She was like, oh, well, you know, we, we reached full retirement age, thought it was the best thing. And I was like, that's not the best thing for your situation. And she was, you know, then she started asking me questions and I've went, did a little analysis for her. And since I know their situation very deeply, I knew right off the bat that that wasn't, even without having to run it through, you know, an analysis to really look, I knew that that was not the right thing for them. So, you know, I had to tell her mom that really wasn't, I don't know why you didn't call me. Um, So they ended up, you have a year after you start social security, you can change your mind and pay it all back. And it's like it never happened. So I made sure that she did that by the end of last year. So now they're on track to possibly take it a little bit later. So we'll revisit when the right time for them is. But <laughs> it definitely was not last year. You know, I, I, that reminds me. I, I had and, and Lauren's been with me on on many of these. But we we've been to so we we, we like these little luncheons where there's a social security quote unquote expert talking, and ever I've heard so many of them. Every one of them will tell you 
wait until full benefit age to take your social security. No questions asked, just wait because you're gonna get the maximum amount of dollars. And if you look at social security in a vacuum, I hate that term because I'm not even sure what it means, but, yeah. <laughs> if, you, but if you look at it just all by itself, sure, wait. Get the most you get can. Get the most you can. Right. Unfortunately, the world doesn't work that way. And financial analysis becomes much, much more complicated. And as Lauren hit on, if let, let's say you're waiting to take Social Security to a full benefit age. Well, where where is the money coming from for you to live on? So let's say Social Security gives you $30,000 a year. Okay, so 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 where is that thirty thousand dollars a year mm-hmm. going to come from? Before what's what's full benefit? It depends. Full benefit age depends on the year you were born. Okay. So sixty six two, you know, sixty seven and above. There's right. a lot of different numbers. So very, very, very. So it's so you have to come up with this thirty thousand dollars from somewhere. Where's it going to come from? I'll tell you. It's going to come from your portfolio. So now. You're 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 killing the goose just a little bit more. The, the goose mm-hmm. is laying the golden egg. You're killing it just a little bit more each year by not taking it early. So, and I'm not suggesting that this is right for everybody. What I'm what I'm suggesting is it requires an analysis, and you can't just look at Social Security and go, "Oh, I get the most at this age. I'll wait." Well, might not be the best thing for you. Let us run some scenarios and show you the pros and cons of the decisions that you're about to make. And well, depending on your income, Social Security can be not taxed at all. 50% of it can be taxed or 85% of it can be taxed. So there's oh, a wow. range based on how much income you have. And, you know, we can talk about that and help you figure out where you fall in that category. But, you know, the highest is 85% being taxed. 100% of whatever you pull out of your IRA will always be taxed. So if you're not getting Social Security and you're pulling out the equivalent 30000 from your IRA, mm-hmm. that's a total of total taxable income of 30,000, whereas social security would only be 85% taxable. So, you know, there's a lot of pieces to it and it really is not every single person we sit down with is a different story. And, you know, if you have longevity in your family, it might be better to wait for social security. If you, if you don't have longevity, social security, taking social security early might be more beneficial. There's a lot of different factors what, that need to be considered. Yeah. What do you say to people who come in and say, well, I, it's my money, I, I want it now, and it's going to run out of money anyway, so I want to get mine when I can? No, we hear that all the time, too. Yeah. And, 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 you know, again, what, what do you say to that? <laughs> I, I mean, I, look, it's, it's here, it's here now. I mean, some people say, Jeff, I'm, you know, there's, there's break-even ages of taking it early versus later. We run it, we go into all that, too. And let's say your break-even age is 83. That's a pretty common mm-hmm. area. For a break even age occur. Well, I, I don't expect to live past 75. So I don't want to take it now. It's like, well, okay. I mean, I can't, you know, all I can do is show you the math. Mm-hmm. And if there's a, a feeling that you have that's based on whatever it is you believe, like it's going to run out, you know, this or that's going to happen. I'm going to die early. Then I can't, there, there's nothing I can do about that. You'll, you'll, if that's where your decision is going to be based, then that's where you need to base your decision. And we'll show you the numbers all day long, but at the end of the day, it's their money. You know, it's your decision. Well, they're the boss. But, yeah. You know, we always, you know, we always say, look, you're the you're the CEO of your retirement business. We're just the, we're the CFO. We're here to show you pros and cons of, you know, what's going on, and uh, and the decisions you're about to make. But ultimately, you're the boss, and you make those decisions. Retirement, Social Security, I think the big thing on everybody's mind is 
the mortgage, the house? Should you yeah. pay off your house? So again, one of the most commonly asked questions, Jeff, do I pay the house off? Well, there's another one of those. <laughs> this is a tough one because it's tied to a lot of emotion for people. People yeah. have deep, deep emotional feelings about, you know, paying the house off and being debt free. The idea of owing this money. And now I have, you know, I've retired. I've got, I've received my 401k. I've received my pension. I have the money to pay it now. You know, it's, it's a very emotional feeling for people. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And it, here's, here's the mathematics behind it. And it's, especially in today's mortgage rate environment. I mean, where are we at in the twos? Yes, we right? are. Okay. So let's say you have a mortgage. Let's say you have a hundred thousand dollar mortgage left on your house and maybe you haven't refinanced it. You can always refinance it into this low, whatever the load, whatever the number is right now Two, It has a handle of two. I know that jumbos, maybe in the threes, but let's, let's put it this way. Mortgage rates are low, really low. And not all debt is bad debt. You can still write off some of your mortgages, uh, your mortgage interest. And, and here's the way we always tell clients to look at it. Let's say your mortgage rate's two and a half percent, as an example. If you think you can make more in the market than two and a half percent, then invest that money in the market. Mm -hmm. Because if you pay off that mortgage, what return did you just get? You, you got, got two house. and a half percent. Yeah. That was your return. So that's, that's, and again, mathematically, I can show you where, you know, probably at, at a two and a half percent mortgage rate, no guarantees. Okay. But there's a good chance that you're going to do better than two and a half percent in the market. And, and it might make more sense to carry that debt, right? Right. I have a little bit of a write-off on your taxes because retirees don't have a lot of write-offs. That's and, an important point there, right off on the taxes. Yeah. You know, and another thing also is, so you've got a $100,000 mortgage and you want to pay it off. Where's the money going to come from? Do you have it in an after-tax account or is it tied up in an IRA? Because if it's tied up in an IRA, now you're going to be tapped. You've got, you're creating $100,000 worth of taxable income, which actually then becomes more because you're going to have to pay the taxes on it. So now you've created taxable income. You've lost the opportunity for that hundred thousand to grow in the market. Why, are you, la Why are you laughing at me? I'm, I'm laughing because we had a client that we showed him every bit of this, and I mean, it it was one of the worst decisions I, I can remember a client making. Ooh. But he he wanted to buy a house for his mother-in-law, and he was dead set on paying cash. We 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 are we strongly urged him to finance this house, would not do it, pulled it out of his IRA, paid tax on the IRA, lost all future earnings, tax deferred earnings, by the way, on that money. Uh, but hey, mom in law is in the house. But you know what? In mm. that situation, and this is where I say it gets emotional, is he was on board with financing. He saw the numbers. He understood it. He was on board with it. And you know, he had two nights to just sleep on it. And he called me back and he was just like, you know what? I can't do this. It's the peace of mind of knowing that I don't owe anything, that right. I don't have debt. Like I have the money to do it. I'll, you know, I know I'll repay it over time back into my account and it'll continue. Like for him, he sleeps at night now. Exactly. And it, that you can't put a price tag on that. Yep. That's so, just what I was about to say, Patrice, that's that you, yeah. we, you can't, you cannot put a, 
you word it perfectly. You yeah. can't put a price tag on that. Those right. taxes have come and gone. He's paid them. He's moved on. Yeah. <laughs> but he sleeps at night knowing that that house is is paid for. It's there. If he ever needs to sell it, he can thinks he can recoup the money. Like it's all it, it worked out perfectly. And you know, our job is to tell you here are the numbers and our clients are not always going to make the same decision that I would make. And sometimes it pains me, but you know, it's not my job to tell them what to do. It's our job to say, here are the numbers, here are your options. And ultimately, well, here's the pros and cons, you know, here, and you know, and we often get, well, what do you, what would you recommend? Well, I'll tell me, this is what I would recommend, of course. Uh, but you know, again, I am not the boss. It is not my money. It is their money and they are the boss and we're, and we're here to serve them. So if that's what they want to do, knowing all of the information that we've given them, then that's what they do. Do you sometimes roll your eyes when they don't take your advice? But not in front of them. <laughs> <laughs> I, don't, I don't roll my eyes, but Jeff and I meet afterwards and we're just like, why? I don't understand. <laughs> that can be frustrating, I would think. You've done all this work and you've shown them all the numbers and yet, yeah, I'm going to do this. Right. But it's honestly not even about the work. I'm glad to know that they made the decision with the full set of information. Absolutely. That's True. all, you True. know, I get frustrated because I've like presented it and, you know, I've thought I tied it up in a pretty bow that really presented the best option and, you know, they go against it, but they've made a totally informed decision with <laughs> all of the information available. And yeah. I mean, that's all you can. And ask by for. the way, I, you know, we were, we're telling a lot about this story. That's a That is a rarity. I, that's happened once or twice. Maybe most people, you know, rational, they see the decisions, they, you know, they understand mm-hmm. our recommendations and, and, and they go with that advice and everything's fine. But I mean, it, and it gets back to the retirement question though. You really just cannot put a price tag on peace of mind. You know, if you are just burnt out of work and you cannot physically put in three more years to get to where you thought you were going to be, then for your health, your mental health, <laughs> you know, it's probably best that you retire now. And if you can do it with the numbers and you can, you know, sign off on, a, a reduced lifestyle and maybe not buying the, the second boat and the third house and, you know, all of that. If that gives you peace of mind and adds quality of life, you really can't put a price tag yeah, on that. More power to you. That's it. All right. People thinking about retirement, how can they reach you? Call us 713-244-3030 or visit us online, www.greenfinancialgrp.com. Jeff Green, Lauren Smith of Green Financial Group. Subscribe to make sure you're going to get the latest Green Zone podcast. Of course, we also ask that you share with friends and discuss it, talk about it. I'm Patrice Sikora, and let's talk again later. Thank you for listening to the Green Zone podcast. Click the subscribe button below to be notified when new episodes become available. The information covered and posted represents the views and opinions of the guest and does not necessarily represent the views and opinions of Green Financial Group. The content has been made available for informational and educational purposes only. The content is not intended to be a substitute for professional investing advice. Always seek the advice of your financial advisor or other qualified financial service provider with any questions you may have regarding your investment planning. Securities offered through Raymond James Financial Services, Inc., member FINRA, SIPC. Investment advisory services offered through Raymond James Financial Services Advisors, Inc. Green Financial Group is not a registered broker or dealer and is independent of Raymond James Financial Services. Jeff Green is the founder of Green Financial Group and is a registered principal of RJFS. The Green Financial Group is located at 6363 Woodway Drive, Suite 625, Houston, Texas, 
77057 and can be reached at 713-244-3030. Raymond James is not affiliated with and does not endorse the opinions or services of his guests.